Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Ever feel like you're in a child of God club you're not qualified to be in? Me too, a lot. Every bit of that, though, is from our enemy, the devil, who wants us to think you don't know enough, you're not smart enough, simply you're not enough, period. And he wants us to think that that is somehow based on the things we do rather than who we know, who our relationship is with. I want to address that today in this idea of the priesthood of the believer. We've been talking about foundational things of the faith and we talked in week one about the inerrancy of Scripture and last week about our eternal security as it relates to our salvation. This week we're talking about the priesthood of the believer, and that's probably a real religious term for, for our access to God. And I want us to see today from this text that, that it is, uh, we need to use this text to push the enemy back when he tells us we're not. Turn to Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to be Hebrews 7 and Hebrews 4. Today, so you can put your finger in Hebrews 4, a couple of pages away. But Hebrews 7, verses 22 to 25, read along with me. It says, Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Now a couple of things I want us to see from Hebrews 7 here today. The first is this, is that your access is permanent. It's a permanent access. Look at 24 again. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. He has a permanent priesthood. Now in the Old Testament, both in the tabernacle uh, there was a mobile temple, more or less, as, as the children of Israel were wandering in the desert. And in, in the temple, after it was permanently built, the high priest would go into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, once a year to make intercession and, and to, to atone for the sins of the people. And so <clears throat> every time a priest died, a different priest from the tribe of Levi would be inserted, appointed to do that so that there was always a high priest to, to offer uh, sacrifice for the people's sins every year. Um, he, he's pointing here to Jesus as the permanence of his priesthood, uh, more or less, to say that uh, what he describes in verse 10, or chapter 10 of Hebrews, as a once-for-all sacrifice, meaning once-for-all people and once-for-all time so that his sacrifice was good enough at the cross not to be at, have to be done every year, year after year after year, uh, that it's, it's a, it's, it's a once-for-all deal. So then if he is a permanent priest, a perfect sinless priest, and our access is to the Father uh, through the Son, we learned last week that we are heirs with Christ and equal in, uh, equal in our inheritance um, that we have in him. So consequently... You and I, by this, this passage, have instantaneous and permanent access into the throne room of God. 
that's, that's through, through the blood of his son Jesus. The question is, are we tapping into that or listening to the enemy to say, you don't know enough, you're not enough? Are we tapping into the access we have in him? Uh, he always wants us to see somebody else and instead of seeing ourselves, you're, 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 he will throw up someone in our, in our face to, to say, well, you know, if you were like him, or you were like her, or you were like them, God would listen more to your prayers. You would have greater access to him than you have. You just, you just need to keep working, keep, keep trying a little harder, and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, I, I came to know Christ as a nine-year-old boy. I had instant access as a nine-year-old, as much access that day as I got on this day, and you do as well. It's permanent. Second thing he wants to say about our access is this, is that it has no limits. Our access has no limits. Look at verse 25 again. He says, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Able to save completely those who come to God. Now, this word completely in, in verse 25 comes from the Greek word tatayev, which literally means entirely, completely, and forever. Entirely, completely, and forever. Now, last week we talked about our eternal security, the eternal security of our salvation. And I've had questions over the years of, you know, Tim, if that's an issue, what is, where is it in the Bible that that folks would find that uh, they, you could lose your salvation? I want to show you one of those places, one of two places usually. Let me show you the one most folks use: Hebrews chapter six. This won't be on the screen, but. You just turn one page probably over and look at verse with me at verses 4 to 6 of Hebrews chapter 6. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. Now, some will interpret that as our falling away from the faith, those who have tasted, been enlightened, shared in the Holy Spirit, goodness of the Word of God. This is obviously, Hebrews is written to believers. So he is talking to believers here, it's not non-believers. However, it's my opinion, based on the text we looked at last week, based on this text of our being saved completely here this morning, it's my opinion that he, he holds our salvation intact, not us. As such, we can fall out of fellowship with him but not out of relationship with him. Huge difference in those two things. He holds the relationship intact. Uh, and, and as such, we can, we can, we can uh, engage in fellowship while the relationship is there or not engage in fellowship. I believe this passage does, does, does teach that once we fall away from fellowship intentionally and stay away from fellowship, that, we can, that can become a permanent state with us. Now, are we going to heaven when we die? Yes, I believe we are but we'll miss so much in breaking fellowship with him here and, and, and there. So interpret that as you wish. Read, read over it again. Let the Holy Spirit teach you what you need to believe about that. My belief is, is that, that that passage is in reference to fellowship instead of relationship. But it is, uh, it is we are saved completely, as he says here. Uh, this, and I think this, this verse is further evidence of that doctrine being true and our, that our priesthood is permanent. Uh, and because of that, salvation is also permanent. So if that's true, and it is, then there are no limits to our access to him. No limits, that, 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 because if it's not based on merit, our own merit, 
then it's not regulated by merit. It's not governed by merit. It's not, it's not uh, uh, contingent upon our merit. That access is simply there because we're a child of God. Now, knowing that, that's a pivotal truth, but knowing that truth that we, we looked at and talked about last week and tying these things together, knowing that should be enough for us to live in victory instead of defeat. It should be enough for us to live in confidence instead of intimidation, with strength instead of weakness, to live with a greater sense of faith instead of fear, because don't miss this. This is a pivotal truth. The priesthood of the believer is about access to all God is all the time and all he has all the time. It's about access to all he is and all he has all the time. And you and I have that if you know him as your Savior. So, your access is permanent and it also has no limits. Turn back to chapter 4 with me and let's let's look in chapter 4 at verses 14 to 16. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. What I want us to see from this text is that your access comes with understanding. It comes with understanding. Verse 15 speaks to that. For we, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet he didn't sin. So why is it so significant that we have a high priest who understands, who gets it, gets us? Well, it's because the Father is holy and we're not. The Father is sovereign, meaning he's all-knowing, and we're not. It's because he is righteous and we're not. In short, it's because the uh, our, our Heavenly Father is holy and we're not holy. It is, it's because he is all those things and we're not. Yet, here between the heaven, our Heavenly Father and the rest of us peons stands Jesus to, to, to correct what isn't. To, 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 between our prayer life and, and the Father's ears to intercede for us, the Scripture says. To, to, to make access available 24-7 for us, he says, because he stands between us as our paraclete, as our go-between. Uh, so he, uh, between, simultaneously between us and God, because we are all man, and he was as well, but was all God at the same time. He was all human, yet all divine. He experienced pain, he experienced fatigue, he experienced frustration. Verse 15 speaks to that. He experienced abandonment and even death. And verse 15 says, He was tempted in every way we are, yet he remained sinless. He can connect. He can identify. Ladies, who would you rather give you advice on motherhood? Somebody who had never been a mom or somebody who's been a mom? Guys, who would you rather give you advice on job loss? Some guy who had never had a job or some guy who had lost a job? This passage says, he's been tempted in every way we are, yet was sinless. In essence, he's saying, I get it. I understand you. I know what it's like to walk in that place. I know what temptation is like. I know what loss is like. I know what frustration is like. I know what anxiety is like. I know what depression is like. I know what all those things are like. Because I've experienced those things. I've walked in that place. Uh, he's, he gets us. Uh, he understands us, and he always will. Well, not only does your access come with, with understanding, finally, your access comes with mercy. 
and with grace. Look at verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may, we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Man, what a verse for you to memorize. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He says to approach the throne of grace with confidence. How do we do that? Out of the goodness that we've done, out of, out of our service to him, out of our attendance at church? No, it's because when we get there, there's mercy and grace waiting on us. That's how we approach with confidence. Uh, now, mercy and grace are similar in some ways, but are very different in others. I would describe it this way. That mercy is reactive because of something that has happened uh, or the result, as a result of something. Grace is usually proactive because of something that's about to happen or could happen. Mercy has to do with the favor of God. Grace has to do with the goodness of God, with his faithfulness. Mercy is ours because it's the nature of God to be merciful. Grace is ours because of the work of Christ on the cross. Here's an illustration. Let me describe it this way. Let's say you've got a health problem or have a family member that has a health issue. Mercy brings healing to the health problem. Grace gives you what you need to walk through the health problem. See the difference? Uh, mercy says, mercy is God saying, I have the power to heal that health problem and I'm going to do it today, instantaneously. And you walk out of the office or out of the hospital healed by God. His grace says, I'm not going to heal you. I'm going to give you exactly what you need to walk through it every day for as long as it takes. That's how, how sufficient my grace is. Uh, and and that's, that's what's waiting on us at his throne. He says here, we can come with confidence because mercy is there and grace is there waiting on us. It's ours because of the work of Christ. Both are undeserved, but both are waiting on every believer at the throne. That's the kind of access believers have as priests who can come boldly behind the curtain to the most holy place. That's the kind of access that we have every day, every, every moment of every day. So a question as we wrap up is this. If our priesthood is about access, how readily are you accessing all that you have in Christ, all that's yours in him? If our priesthood is about access, and it is, how readily are you accessing all that's yours in Christ? Because let me re re reinforce this statement. The priesthood of the believer is foundational. And it's about access to all God is and all God has all the time. That's what priesthood is about. So the question I have to ask, if that's true, and it is, is are you connected? Are you connected to God? Do you know him as your Savior? If not, you, can, don't, you don't need to leave this place today without coming to know him personally as, as your Savior and beginning a relationship with him. If you're here and you become disconnected, you know him, you're in, in relationship with him, but your fellowship's been broken, as we talked about, and you're disconnected from him, I want to encourage you to revisit the Scripture and let it kickstart your reconnection. Most guys will know what this is. This is you ladies may not, but what what, what this connection brings to mind in my in my in my mind's eye is a is a twist lock connection. You guys know what a twist lock connection is. You you push the plug into the wall and twist it to lock it. You can't pull it out unless you un untwist it. That's the kind of connection I think that he's talking about here to say, when you're mine, when you're when you're a child of mine, you have access to me that no one can ever sever. 
You can pull on that cord as long as you want to pull on it. You're never going to pull it out of the wall because it's got to be unlocked to do so. And I'm the one that locks it in place, not you. That's what kind of access we have. And that's, that, friend, it should, that knowledge should change us. It should change how the, the confidence we live by and the ways in which we approach people, the way we see God's word, the way we see church, the, the, the way we see life. Understanding the access we have to a holy God should change those things in us and for us uh, such that those around us aren't saying, what's up with you? What are you talking about? What's up with you? You're living with a confidence. You're living with a sense of assurance that I've not seen in a long time or, or perhaps ever. Well, I finally realized my access to, to a holy God and, and what he has to offer me every hour of every day. All the time, all he has, all he is, all the time. Um, a perfect God, and he is perfect, a perfect God offers us perfection, offers us his goodness, offers us his faithfulness. And we can approach it, that, that, that place, that, that throne with great confidence because mercy and grace are waiting on us there to receive. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for being a God who is merciful, a God who is gracious, a God who is all we are and all we have and all we need all the time. We're grateful today that you give us access to the, to behind the curtain to come into the Holy of Holies, ourself, to confess our own sin and, and leave and walk differently than when we came. And I pray that as you've moved in this room with the truth of your word today, that if there's one here that doesn't know you and realizes, I don't have, not only do I not have fellowship, I don't have relationship. Would you help us to, today to desire relationship with you before we leave this place. And if we do have relationship, the fellowship has been broken. And we wonder, what happened, to my, what happened to my joy? What happened to my confidence? What happened to my assurance? It's still there. We, we, we can still access it. We're going to have to get beyond what the enemy's telling us that we can't, that we're not enough and don't know enough. And step into you. Step into your word. Step into relationship. Step into fellowship. Give us today the assurance we were looking for because we belong to you. We are priests. We need no intercessor. You intercede for us. The Son does. So today, remind us of those things. Remind us of our, the value that you place on us. Not that we placed on ourselves or the world places on us, but the value you placed on us as children of God. We are worthy because of you. Not on our own. Not on, based on what we've done. But the finished work of Christ on the cross makes us worthy today to come to a holy place and say, God, here I am. I need you. Help me again. Give us the confidence to live in that place, to wake up tomorrow seeking that up from you, and to walk out its truth day by day. Get up on Tuesday, do the next thing, the same thing again. Approach your throne with, with confidence, knowing mercy and grace wait on us there, and live that day in light of that mercy and grace that's poured into us day after day, hour after hour, moment to moment. Give us the confidence to live in that place and stay there, you've called us there and offer all of you are to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 